Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Going Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and my co-host, Jason. What's going on, y'all? So you may have noticed we've been gone for a few weeks. Um, so, you know, nothing was going on. We just took a break. Like, as they say, life be lifing. And, uh, you know, the kids is home this summer. And, you know, so we just took a little break from Afterthoughts. Um, but we are back. I know some of you have been asking in the comments, like, what happened to Afterthoughts? We miss Afterthoughts. I hope you guys are still doing it. So, you know, we are back, you know, after a little brief hiatus. You know? Yeah, so... um you know, uh, the some definitely a, a long summer, yeah. And now that the kids are back in school, um, we wanted to start to bring some more afterthoughts. Um, and as we as we go forward, afterthoughts are going to be you know just kind of based upon you know uh, you guys and you know uh, your response and questions that you have and um, your interest in the stories. That you know that was the initial uh, reason for afterthoughts. Amara's thoughts plus. Um, black girl going listener uh thoughts. Um, so I I I I, re- I read somebody said that uh they they made a comment. It was like, well, I don't you know I don't quite understand afterthoughts, which we you know kind of talked about mm-hmm. um the reasons for afterthoughts. So if you're new to afterthoughts and have started listening to Black Girl Going in the last two months, or you know um just came aboard, you know it's really just a chance to understand. Um, Amara's perspective, um, some things from the story that might not have been placed in the actual um, story and the actual case that Amara puts together and comes out on Mondays. And um, a lot of times you're going to get just like how, you know, we relate to the story as people, how sometimes Amara relates to the story and can understand, um, you know, what some of the things, you know, being young, dating, uh, you know, being in a, having a family, just struggles that we all kind of go through and how we can create a community around that and, you know, make this message of, 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 of what the stories are just a little bit bigger. And um, that's really the thought, that's really the purpose um, of Afterthoughts. Um, some of these stories um, that we tell are in, you know, kind of unique cities. Some of them are cities that we live in and a lot of it is different from some of the stories you might hear if it's in a you know very very small town or a very very rural town where um it's not like you know growing up in the city 
and uh, Amar and I, Amar and I have spent most of our life in the city. Um, so you know, sometimes you get a different perspective on some cases if you've um, grown up in the city. So um, you know, we're happy to be back, and uh, as always, we're going to get right into this week's case that uh, Amar covered. Um, this is the story of the Harper family, which yeah. is something that uh, Amar decided to do a little bit different. Um, but uh, the focus is mainly on Joni Harper. Amar, give us a recap of that story. Yeah, so like you said, this week we did something different um, in terms of the type of story um, or the, I guess you should say, the number of victims in the story um, because I've never done a, a story that involves a family like this. So, um, you know, the mom, the 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 wife, the children, that's never been done. I've never done a story like that. So this was something very different for you know, us and for the for the for you guys as the audience to hear from from Black Girl Gone. Now, some of you may have heard this story before. I know it's been on Dateline and it's been on a couple of other um true crime shows, but I actually had never heard of the story, which is um interesting because it does seem like a story that was very popular, especially at the times and especially considering the circumstances. But um I just wasn't familiar with it. So just to, you know, familiar, re-familiarize you with this story, just to remind you. So this week we did um, a story about the Harper family, um, Joni Harper, who was 39 years old, her mother, Ernestine Harper, who was 70 years old, and then Joni's three children, four-year-old Marcus, uh, 23-month-old Lindsay, and then six-week-old Marshall, who were all found shot to death inside of their home in Bakersfield, California. Um, the, their bodies were found on July 8th, but uh, police investigators' autopsy revealed that the murders had actually taken place on July 6th. Um, Joni was a, a staple in her community. So was her mother. Her mother was an activist, had you know ran an organization. But Joni was married to a man named Vincent Beverly. Now, Vincent um, himself had a you know, a really good reputation in the community. He was a principal, um, well-known, well-liked, but him and Joni had issues in their relationship. They got married, got divorced, got remarried, um, had three children, and eventually um, they ended up separating again after their second marriage. And then on July the... Six, Joni goes to church with her children and her mother, and then no one hears from them again. Her friend ends up finding their bodies inside the home. Uh, Vincent is almost immediately a suspect because of the circumstances, because he is the spouse. Uh, but he has an alibi that he was in Ohio at the time of the murders. He flew out to see his brother. That was what he told police. An investigation goes on. For about a year, uh, and then eventually police arrest Vincent. And the evidence that they have against him is that uh, the credit cards that he had used as his part of his alibi when he was Ohio, they found out his brother had used them. Um, they had determined that he had rented a car um, and put over 5,000 miles on the vehicle in a very short period of time. And because of that, they decided that 
um, you know, they were able to conclude, I should say, that uh, <clears throat> he had driven the car from Ohio to California, killed his family, and then driven back, and that his trip to Ohio was basically a cover-up for um, his for the murders and was a way an attempt to create an alibi. Vincent is eventually arrested, and he is um, tried for the murder of his family, and he is ultimately convicted and sentenced to death, and is currently sitting on death row in San Quentin. So that's the that's the recap of the story. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what we do um, when we do afterthoughts? We do some interesting things. And uh, one thing that I just want to go into before I give you your uh give you the floor to mm-hmm. uh go ahead and tell the interesting things that you feel uh came up in this uh in this case is that uh he remarried her. Yeah. Um I mean I don't know man. I I hate to compare I always hate to compare you know people's situations and you know people get remarried like you know they're not the first couple to get remarried. Uh-huh. Um but I feel like it's strange. Whatever, yeah, it's strange because yeah. whatever he might have been going through, um, whether it was you know, you know, he didn't want to, he really didn't want to settle down, or you know, he just had a lot of lust in his heart, or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever was going on, he was he was free from that. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the first the first time around, he was free from that, and then. He put himself in the in the in the situation where he uh, kind of recommitted to something that he didn't even want, want yeah. and that is to me, um, unless you know the story doesn't really talk about um, any real like situations they had, or uh, I'm pretty sure they had arguments, you know, about his infidelity and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But besides that, like you know, if if you didn't really want that. <laughs> Uh, you were in a situation. Yeah. You were already. You were. You were in a clear man. You it didn't. I mean? it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's, um, in terms of outside of obviously the 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 murders and what he did to his family when he was convicted of doing to his family. Um, outside of that, it is one of the the strangest parts of the story. It's one of the most hardest parts of the story to understand. This is like, like you said, he was free. He could have just not remarried her. I mean. They did have the children together, so he would have always been tied to her through the children. So, if you consider yeah, that, but, yeah, <clears throat> but you know that's not really enough for but you some, know, but but if baby it, mamas, so, if yeah, it I mean, is, but understand. it could be for some for somebody. You I, know, what I mean, saying? I can understand it. And even if his um his desire was to not have to pay child support, you know, I mean, a, a lot of times, you know, men who are in this situation, you know, when when a man is is has killed his entire family, you know, the term is a family annihilator because you, you've annihilated your entire family. You kill your wife or your children. Uh, and that, the, the, the thing about it is that's never, because in every one of those circumstances, you could have just left. You, you could have just left her. You didn't want to be with her. You found somebody new. You could have just left. <clears throat> you didn't have to kill her and you definitely didn't have to kill the children. But for whatever reason, it's like they have to sever this entire part of their lives. They don't want to have any connection to this part of their lives. And I think that when it comes to Vincent Brothers, like when you look at the the things that he is um, was accused of and the things that he was ultimately convicted for doing, 
it, it, it reigns like sociopath, you know what I mean? Because he had this whole different persona where he's this teacher and he's this mentor and everybody loves him and he's this great guy, you know, but he's not showing up as that person in his marriage. And then, you know, a month after they first get married, their marriage is annulled because he's disappearing and refusing to tell his wife where he is. They stay, <clears throat> they stay connected, you know, that I can't say that was him, all all him, because from the description that Joni's brother gives is that she did. She was in love with Vincent. She He was the love of her life. She had children with him. By the time they got remarried, they were, she was pregnant with her third child by this man. You know what I mean? So she wanted to be with him. If Vincent, <clears throat> you know, has those sociopathic tendencies, then yeah, he's he's he manipulating, controlling, you know, all of that is is a part of it. But that didn't necessarily mean that meant that he really necessarily wanted to be with Joni. I I, I that's just my kind of take on it. You know, because that's the only that's the only thing that makes sense in terms of why he would remarry her. Now, it 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 it's also when you kind of think about it, it kind of doesn't matter because he could have killed her. Anyway, married or not, he didn't. He, they weren't even living together. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what yeah, I mean. No. So mm-hmm. whatever his plot was or his plan was, maybe when he remarried her in January two thousand three, he didn't want to kill her and the children. But this didn't happen until July of two thousand three. We're talking about almost seven months after they first got married. Who knows what transpired <clears throat> in their relationship? Who knows what transpired in his mind? that then drove him, even in that very, what seems like a very short period of time, to make this type of decision, so. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, even with that explanation, that time frame. It's crazy. It's really weird. It's really like, weird. Like, like, 10 years? Yeah, and I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know exactly when they met, because I couldn't find that information. I mean, like, what I meant by 10 years is, like, if it would have happened... Like oh, you know, no, no, I know what you later. mean. No, no, oh, I know, but... I know. I got what you're yeah. saying. I'm just saying, I don't know exactly when they met, right? So, it's I do. All we know is that the son was born. Their first child was born in 1998. So they met sometime before that. Okay. Either you know, even if it was briefly before that, they met before she got pregnant, right? So sometime before 1998, she meets him. They get married in 2000. So we're talking two years later. They get married, but a month after that. Their marriage is annulled. And then I believe that same year, their second child is born, even after this annulment. Then they reconcile, but then they are back to being, you know, they're back to, they're they're separated again, but then they had their third child. So, you know, without having obviously knowing exactly what was going on in their relationship, it's really hard to say or hard to understand what was going on. But there was something going on that that was drawing Joni back to him. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, her brother says that she he never heard his sister say anything about Vincent being violent or anything like that, you know. So there were things that were going on, and 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 that's not to say that he wasn't. That she might just not have told her brother, you know what I mean? Because what I've seen, especially from doing this for so long, in these a lot of these cases, this could be happening to her, and she's not telling her 
brother what's going on. You know what I mean? So just because he didn't know doesn't mean that it, it wasn't happening. And even if it wasn't um, physical abuse, it very well could have been verbal abuse. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to go to some of your interesting things, just a few, because yeah. we know uh, most of the things about this case. Um, before that, mm-hmm. like I said, we're going to do after thoughts a little bit out of order today, just because we're, uh, mm-hmm. we're back. Um, a comment on YouTube <laughs> says, uh, his brother needs to be prosecuted too for trying to cover up his evilness. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to the brother. I don't know if he, <clears throat> excuse me, struck a deal because he ended up, um, testifying i i don't i have no idea but he definitely um you know he was you know helping his brother i mean you know a lot of people would have you know done that for their brother we've had cases we've yeah. we've had another uh, other cases like this where you know yeah but um yeah i'm not sure what what type of um deal he struck or what you know what the police you know ultimately concluded about him even though he had lied uh, he did ultimately end up telling the truth, but <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he he definitely played a role in this for sure. Okay, let's go right into it. Give me uh first interesting or uh shocking is we like to use yeah um about this case. Go for it. So one of the things that stood out for me, I guess, you know, was the fact that um, Vincent Beverly was a educator. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that was the part of the story that it's like, there's so many layers to the story that make it so almost unbelievable. You know what I mean? Because of, of, of the, the crime in and of itself. But then when you like really look deeper into it, even, Every part of every part of this is just is just unbelievable. And one of those parts for me is the fact that uh, Vincent Beverly was a teacher. So he wasn't somebody with a criminal history. He wasn't somebody. I mean, he did have these domestic. He had this domestic violence um, incident when he was married to his first wife and had spent six days in, six days in jail. So he he did have that. But you know, I'm not, I'm talking about like he didn't have this extensive criminal history. Right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, <clears throat> he wasn't, you know, known as a bad person or a bad guy. He was really beloved in his community. People knew him. They loved him. He was well-educated. He had a master's degree in education. You know, he was on paper, you know, everything that you would want in a husband. You know what I mean? Um, He was, you know, just, like I said, he was... He was the type of a black male teacher that, first of all, is is rare. But he, well, he wasn't a teacher, an educator. That is rare because one of the things that you know we you know people always talk about is the need for black men to be teachers. We need yeah. more black men teachers. We need more black men in education because it's important for um, you know little black boys, little black girls to see people that look like them. It's important, especially for little black boys, to be in schools where they can have a black male teacher. That can make a big difference in a little, you know, black boy's life. Yeah. Um, and so to have 
one of those people be Vincent Beverly, who, like I said, who well-respected. Everybody knew him in this community. He was, you know, somebody actually on YouTube commented and said that um, he was her elementary school principal. Like, people, oh, wow. it, people knew this man. He this wasn't... The, the, and once again, this is the reason for Afterthoughts yeah. is because, you know... People can relate to this like firsthand. So so easily because it's you know, and and because the story didn't take place, you know, fifty years ago. It took place in two thousand and three. So, you know, it's it wasn't that long ago. But <clears throat> but so so back to Vincent. But so like I said, he's this well respected this this well respected educator, you know, administrator, principal, and he is then arrested and accused and ultimately convicted for the murder of his family. And we're talking his wife, estranged or not, his wife, and his three children, which, of course, to anybody is like, how? How could someone murder a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-week-old baby? Yeah. Like, what did what would the six-week-old baby have done? How could you, you know, and just like... The evil that it would even take to do something like that to yeah. that type of innocence, the fact that those two people are the same people, and that's why I even said before when you were saying about him remarrying her, it's like it's these like sociopathic tendencies where it's like he can be the he can be whoever he needs to be for whoever he needs to be that for at school. He's this upstanding, well respected, you know, principal, and everybody loves him. But at home, you know, he's cheating on his wife. He's is he has this unstable relationship with her, and then ultimately he does the unimaginable by murdering her, her mother, and his three children. It's like I said, him being a teacher definitely, or a, a, an, an educator, is definitely uh, just. It, it, it's crazy. It's a crazy part of the story. It's a very crazy part of the story. It's not something that you... And, and like I said, pe- teachers are people, so let's not act like, you know, they're not people and people are capable of doing anything. But like I said, in this circumstance, um, you know, it, like and, and it's also sad because because of who he was supposed to be, the, the representation of a black male educator, you know, who he was supposed to be. That's the that's the image who he was supposed to be. Now, the image of him is Vincent Brothers' family annihilator, man who killed a six-week-old baby, his own six-week-old. That's the image of him, you know, so. Yeah, that's definitely um, one of the more interesting parts of this case. Let's get to something else that you have interesting about this case. Okay, so... I'm just going to skip right to after Vincent is arrested because we know that, you know, he is arrested for murdering his family, but he has this alibi that he was in Ohio. And the thing that's so interesting about this case is how the detectives, investigators, and the prosecution were really able to piece together this evidence. Because like I say in the episode, like, it was very circumstantial. There, as far as I could tell, there there wasn't any that that I like. I said saw publicly any like direct evidence. Like they found, um, you know, his fingerprints being inside the house would not have been something because he right he, he, he was living there. Yeah, yeah, he was living there. It was his it was family. Crib. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they never found the uh, knife that was used to stab Joni uh, in addition to the gun because she was shot and she was stabbed. They never found the, the, the knife. I never, I didn't see anything about whether or not they found the, the gun either. So they, they had, they didn't have this like direct hardcore, like smoking gun as, you know, as they say, evidence against him. But what they were able to build was this case based on these like series of events, like the timeline of his travel, the odometer reading, the bugs on the radiator, right? So the the first thing that is interesting about the evidence is the fact that, let, yes, we know that he said that he was in Ohio. And the first way that the police are able to... Um, cooperate or try to cooperate his story is by looking at his credit card statements and his credit card statements say that he was at stores that were in Columbus, Ohio. And so at first it's like, oh, okay, cool. But police detectives were very much focused on Vincent Beverly, which I also thought was very interesting because of who he was in this community. And after all, he was a black man. So you know, aside from being a, a, a school principal, you know what I mean? But right. they were very much focused on him. And he was also, obviously, the spouse. So in in these sorts of cases, he is the most likely suspect. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why police would have focused on him. But I thought that the fact that he was this educator, I feel like, I think it was the way the way that they kind of immediately honed in on him. You know what I mean? It wasn't... So they didn't even give him, like, a chance. Like, they knew almost immediately that it was him, and then they spent a year basically building that case. But back to the evidence. So he says he's in Ohio. They use the credit card statements to prove that or to try to prove that. And at first they think it's cool, but then they find the... They they pull the surveillance footage from the stores that the that match the credit card statements. And when they look at the timestamp of the credit cards, the purchase and the surveillance, the person that's making that purchase is not Vincent Beverly. It's his brother. And so now they know that, okay, something's going on. They bring the brother in. At first, the brother says, you know, he lies. But then eventually he admits that his brother, Vincent, gave him the cards. So that's the first part of the evidence that they're using, that they're, they're tracking, right? And then they go from that to the odometer reading on the vehicle, which I also thought was very, very interesting because I wonder, and obviously this is not like something that was in like the news articles, but I wonder what drew police to, or the detectives to check the odometer reading. Like what made them think like, Oh, he drove from Ohio. Because that is a stretch. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's oh, yeah. not something, like, anybody would just do. <laughs> nah. From drive from Ohio to California yeah. and back. Like, you got to be committed. Yeah, that's a big, that's a <laughs> that's a huge commitment. Um, And so it's interesting to me what made them, like, figure that out. Like, I wonder what, but, like, was like, well, let's check the odometer reading on the car. And that's how, they, you know, so they so they see that. And through that, they're able to tell that, the amount of miles driven on the car and the period of time in which he had the car was just way too much for him just, you know, driving around the area around his brother's house. 
And so through that, they um, conclude that he drove back to California, killed his family, and then drove back to Ohio to, you know, have this alibi. So those are all, to me, very interesting things. Because like I said, you know, you're not, they're not just relying or looking for, um, you know, hair or blood or DNA. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're really like, the way they dug deep into this investigation and were able to uncover all of these things that had they not found out, Vincent would not have gotten arrested. Like, had it not been for <clears throat> how these things really played out, it, it he, he wouldn't have gotten caught because they didn't have, even with their suspicion and, and all of that, they, they didn't have anything. And then the final kind of, piece to their puzzle was the bug evidence, which I'd never heard of before in my life. Like I'd never, you know, I, you know, I guess I assumed that there are different <laughs> types of bugs in different parts of the country because there's, you know, different climates and, and things like that. Yeah. But to use it in a murder case is something that is very you know, different. And they actually, you know, it's one of those cases that the, I think the use of the bug evidence is so, you know, out of the ordinary or extraordinary that uh, this case was profiled on the, the, the reboot of forensic files. Okay. Because, and they focus, you know, on this, on the bug evidence, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, and I can see that because, like, certain plants grow in certain right. places. Exactly. Even how, you know how Bella go and she go to mm-hmm. Florida and bring mm-hmm. different plants different Diff- plants and trees. And we know that there's different bugs in different parts of the world, right. you know what I mean? Like, we've seen the videos of stuff that's going on in, like, Australia. Like, the stuff that they... <laughs> the type of bugs that they have in Australia, you'd be like, Lord, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, giant spiders and, yeah. you know, so, like, there's, you know... And it's because of, like I said, different climates, different areas, right. different bugs. But like I said, to use them as part of a murder case as something that's just like, you know, people are like, that sounds crazy. It but does. when you think about it, yeah. it doesn't because of that fact, because there are different bugs in different parts of the country. So if he rents a car in Ohio and that car had stayed in Ohio, then, you know, that's that's what the radiator would have you know, the bugs on the radiator would have represented that, yeah, right? I still think it's crazy, but I it's understand. Crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, I understand the, lo- I understand the logic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Of course exactly. it is crazy. Like, and, and here's I mean, the thing. Here's, I, when you look at a case like this, I think it is, is that maybe if that evidence was standing alone, it would be like, right. okay. It's, I mean, it's coupled with something else. Yeah, you can't convict him because he had a bug from California and the radiator. Like, right. But you can if you couple that with all the other evidence. Right. And that's the issue for Vincent Brothers. Is that if if any one of these things had stood alone, maybe it would have been harder for the prosecution to build a case on it. Had it just been the credit cards? Had it just been the odometer? Had it just been the bugs in the radiator? It might have been harder for them to build a fuller picture. Right. But the fact that all of these things happened yeah. in this period of time, all around the time that his family is coincidentally murdered, that's that's very hard to explain for him as the defendant, as the as the accused in this case. And that's clear by the fact that a jury did not believe him. And I thought that it was interesting, even with the testimony of the rental car agency representative who said, you know, sometimes the odometer readings are not accurate. I think that 
that is even for a juror, I would say, okay, I can see it. But I can see it being not accurate by like a few miles. I can't see it not being accurate by thousands of miles. That seems crazy. I can see it off being off being put in the in, you know, okay, it was uh, you know, 294 miles, but I put in 298. Okay. That that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or like something reasonable. You're talking about there's was a, a incorrect for thousands of miles, 3,000 miles, whatever. That to me, and I think that's probably why, even with that testimony being presented and that argument trying to be made by the defense okay. that the jury still convicted him and was just like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's not, adding that's up. not adding up. That's just not adding up. And despite him being this, um, you know, this principal, this school administrator, you know, also the fact that he did have this history of um, being violent with his other wives. I think the fact that he had been married multiple times you know the prosecution was able to paint this picture of him being a womanizer being a cheater and for whatever reason deciding that he just didn't want to be a husband and a father and murdering everybody yeah that's terrible um well vincent brothers may 15 2007 was found guilty yes on all five counts of murder and sentenced to death, he remains housed at San Quentin State Prison. And you know who else is in San Quentin? Um, uh, uh, Scott Peterson, Lacey Peterson. Oh wow, murder! Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, it's that. Well, you know when the that's the that's where they send the murderers in California. Yeah, yeah. San Quentin. There's a lot. Of, I'm sure there's a lot of family annihilators in San yeah, Quentin. Man. Sadly, but yeah. Um, so, as we look to our questions and comments, I didn't see a lot of questions only because um, people listened and, and you know, they, they know understand what they know what happened. Yeah, um, but just just um, a few comments, and we thank you for your comments. Uh, like I said in the beginning, this is uh, this is for you guys to also tap into the conversation. Um, ask your questions, be a part of the uh, Black Girl Going community. And, um, you know, sometimes dig a little deeper. You dig a little deeper, never know what you find. And um, um, every question counts. Um, and I'll go to the first question. It's on YouTube. And it says, oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Not the first. I'm sorry. Not the first question. The first comment. The fact that he was selling his things. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't talk about this, uh, but when they found him, he was selling you know a lot of his stuff because he was trying to get out of there. Mm -hmm. uh, so it says the fact that he was selling his things, perhaps trying to leave America to another continent. Mm -hmm. uh, God is great. The spirit of his family wouldn't allow it to happen. Um, and they go on with another few words, but th that. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned the the signs of yeah. you know, him being guilty. Yeah, definitely. And that that was one of the signs of yeah. it's, you yeah, know it's the, not, it's, him, everything is him not trying to get a, out of there. Everything's not a coincidence. You know what I mean, like there's there's it, it can't be, and it's not a conspiracy against him. You know what I mean? Like it it the, the facts are the facts, and what happened, what happened, and it's it it's it's like I said, it's obvious because the prosecution presented this case in front of 
12 people and they found him guilty. They they saw the evidence. They saw the excuses. They saw the counter argument from the defense and it didn't matter. Everything, when you look at it, you know, as a whole, you know, if it looks like a duck, you know. Yeah, it's man. It's a duck. It's a duck. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the next comment I want to go to is on YouTube once again. And it says, I remember this case and how they said he wouldn't have to drive extremely fast and stop the whole way for for the fit the timing of the murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part made me skeptical. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, and and that was part of the defense's argument was that it was not possible for him to drive. It, it, it's possible for him to drive the distance, but not in the time in which it would have been. You know, to it, it would have taken him like he would have basically had to drive nonstop to California come back and, you know, I mean, kill his family and then do the same thing coming back. Um, but like I said, <clears throat> these arguments, that, that that's the thing about, like, the, 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 the trial, right? It's because these arguments are presented at trial. If his defense attorney did his job, and and from what I have saw about the trial, he did present the, he presented this evidence, he presented these facts at trial. And it still, you know what I mean? Like, it still yeah. doesn't, it didn't matter, and 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 I don't have all of that evidence. I wasn't I wasn't a juror. I don't know what they saw. I don't know what they were given by the prosecution. I don't know how this evidence was, um, like I said, presented to them. But clearly, it wasn't what the defense brought to the table wasn't enough to even create one juror who said, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe." I don't know. Yeah. That sounds a little fishy because that it would have ended in a mistrial, but it didn't. It ended up in a conviction and then a death sentence. So I'm going to lean towards whatever they saw was, you know, told them that this man was guilty. So, and that's it. Yeah, man. Um, that's really the sentiments also on... Uh, Instagram, so yeah, um, um, I'm I'm glad we were able to have this conversation, this afterthoughts. We are back with afterthoughts, and um, anything you want to end with, short? Um, no, just we're happy to be back. I'm glad that you guys, um, you know, for those like you said, those of you who listen to afterthoughts and like afterthoughts, um, sorry for the break, but we'll be, you know, we're back and uh. Like Jason said, we're going to try to, you know, make sure that we're doing, you know, afterthoughts about shows that you want to hear, you know Definitely. what I mean? Um, sh- stories that need afterthoughts, you know, every story doesn't need an afterthought. I think some stories you guys do want to know what, you know, what I think, what we think. Um, and so we're definitely going to continue on with afterthoughts. But I appreciate everybody who asked and who's, you know, commented and said, where's afterthoughts? I yeah, miss man. afterthoughts. We're going to continue to build it. Yeah. Uh, we know it's not for everybody. Man. We know everybody is not, you know, like you said, somebody said, I don't get it. <laughs> I know. You know, it's okay. It's all right. My feelings are not hurt. Um, but for those of you who do get it and do enjoy it, um, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us. And, you know, we'll be 
back with another Afterthoughts. Thank you guys so much. Um, and we will, of course, be back on Monday with a brand new Black Girl Gone. So um, we will talk to you then. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.